play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. Well, good day and welcome back to the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Maddie C. I'm the commissioner of the Astro League, the obnoxious commissioner, but I am also the owner and GM of the two-time champion Carabar Kings. For those of you who might be new to the show, what even is the Astro League? Well, it's a 16-team NFL Fantasy Football League. It's got some weird scoring. It's a half a point per reception for any player catching a ball. Quarterbacks get six points for a passing touchdown and a bonus point for 300 yards of passing. And all players with 100 yards rushing will attract an extra point, as do any players with 100 receiving yards. This league's a total unicorn because of a few things. It's got its uncommon size, 16 teams. It's got the weird scoring, but also has 100% Aussie ownership. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast. And this show is a great show because it is the continuation of my conversation with Tim Tim Kiermaier. He's the owner GM of the 2014 champion Canberra Crusaders. Now, we started this conversation on Saturday's episode along with the reintroduction of Taylor Talk. It's a great episode. If you haven't caught it, duck up there and grab a listen to that episode now. Uh, It's not absolutely essential to get what's going on in the Tim Tim episode, but it really does lay a great foundation for where we're up to in the conversation. And also, Taylor is so engaging, it's just great to get an episode of Taylor Talk in there. So I'd urge you to go and do that if you haven't listened to it. But without any more messing around, I just want to get straight back into the conversation with Tim Tim, so enjoy it, and I'll see you on the other side. Another guy who was being drafted like he died too was... Oh, T.Y. Hilton. He's a good receiver. <laughs> he actually doesn't look great. whole career has been defined by boom. Barkley. Or bust. Yeah. Or hurt. And to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying. A huge F.U. to the vinegar stroke. So initially, I, I, I got in a bit of a, a Cowboys fan because, you know, through 93 through 96, where Cowboys are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and of course, you know, you always want to back a winner. And then I noticed in their division, there was another team, green and gold. Oh, They're Australian colours. Nothing more Aussie than that. <laughs> so eight-year-old Tim decides that green and gold, i got to support green and gold because, you know, Australia's green and gold, the Raiders are green. And then what Definitely. starts happening... Brett Favre. Brett Favre. <laughs> I knew this name would come up too because oh. <laughs> he was very much the centre of the conversations we would have behind a, you know, cutting up pizzas at, at a oh, pizza yeah. shop. In. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots of Favre talk. Don't let me slow you down on the Favre talk here if you want to wax a bit lyrical about Brett Favre because I know the love, it runs deep. It was a long love affair. Um, don't feel uh, shy. Definitely a long love affair, um, you know, but watching Green Bay start winning and you know, obviously walk away with Super Bowl um, in that um, era as well, as well yeah. as multiple Super Bowl cha- uh, appearances, even uh, that we had to obviously lose. Yep. But, you know, um, but, yeah, just being the powerhouse uh, through the late 90s and turn of the 2000s when I get into watching it on a more regular basis because, you know, suddenly we've got, now I've got friends with with pay TV and you know parents having pay TV th- themselves, you know. So suddenly I start to be able to watch games on a more frequent basis, yeah. and um, yeah, just watching watching the football, watching Green Bay. Well, and watching with all that success, they're on they're on prime time a lot, right? So you just you get to see the Packers a lot. It's hard not to cheer for them when you see them often, and they're winning, and they're green and gold, right? Yeah. 
So, yeah, that's how I got into following the Packers. Yeah. Now, obviously, Favre is long gone, but the love, the love has not waned. The love has not waned. The love was stressed. You know, I will not lie. The uh, departure from Green Bay, especially, you know, the trip to the Jets, okay, can deal with that. Seeing him in purple, like, admittedly, you know, a, a bit of schadenfreude of seeing the exact same pass to <laughs> the exact same receiver, or the exact same cornerback well, position, at least, not the same cornerback player, but the same cornerback position. Uh-huh. In the same playoff environment. Wow. There was a bit of schadenfreude there. That was like, oh, it's really sad that that was his uh, final pass in competitive football. But we all can't go out in the way of Ray Lewis, Super Bowl champions and whatnot. Yeah, not everyone rides off into the sunset on the back of their horse, right? With the, yeah, or the Peyton Manning. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably difficult, I think, um, imagining, you know, okay, so you got your favourite player of all time and then all of a sudden they're playing in the same division against your favourite team twice a year for a couple of years and, and not terrible years. So you, you really turned up yeah. those couple of years. How did you find that clash? Like, you do need to sit there and, yeah, and acknowledge the the business side of football. Yep. You know, these, these players, you know, sure, they're paid a lot more than... I'm potentially ever going to see in my lifetime of work. Uh, they put their bodies on the line for our entertainment, uh, wow. and you know, even though they've got that drive, that, you know, not one person who makes it to that level doesn't have the drive to go and win. Not one person at that level is going to sit there and go, you know what? I'm just going to rock up, collect a paycheck whilst I, unless the name's Jim Sturgey, I think, uh, cool. but. Yeah, Shots you're not going to rock up. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, come on, come on. That man had the cushiest backup quarterback job in <laughs> history. Uh, he had what Matt Hasselbeck was dreaming of until Andrew Luck got hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you got, got to acknowledge that these guys, they're putting their, their lives, literally. You know, they're only ever one bad play away from you know, a career-ending injury. They're only ever one game away from, you know, no longer playing in the NFL. So, you know, you gotta gotta sit there and acknowledge the fact that us as fans, by all means, we can we can hate them whilst they're in the other uniform, but only do that whilst they're on the field. Yeah. You know, once once they're back off the field, they're they're absolute humans again. You know, they're they're doing this for our entertainment. You know, power to them to make us to take whatever money comes their way. You know, whatever yeah. opportunities come their way. It's a small window, isn't it, to be yeah. able to earn some money and, and play in that league? I mean, I've got to ask too, because this love affair of the NFL gets you into playing as a teenager. How do you find, you know, a, a football league in the ACT? Uh, what gets you into it? How do you find the Astros as well, of all teams? Talk us through that. One word, well, two words, really. Oh, okay. My mum. Your mum? <laughs> My mum. My mum is responsible for getting me into playing... Uh, this amazing game. That's a twist so, I wasn't expecting at all. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so the year is 2003. One of her friends, her son, starts playing or starts training with the Arendelle Gators. Whoa. Arendelle Gators, you say? Yeah. Who the hell are they? What? The Arendelle Gators were part of the 2003 ACT Gridiron Juniors competition which had a grand total of two teams in it. <laughs> Arendelle Gators 
and the UC Firebirds. Oh, okay. So the Arendelle Gators being coached by Mr. J. Ron Worsley. Whoa. Yep. There's a name. And co-head coach Shane Jr. Dixon. Okay. So these are so, some Astros royalty, by the way, for people who aren't in the team. Holy cow. Yep. So, you know, I go along as, you know, someone interested in playing. One of the other guys for, that I went to primary school with and high school with also rocked up. I didn't organize him, but he also rocked up. Wow. So there we are, and, you know, running around, got the shoulder pads on for the first time. Hell yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't have the Gators jerseys, and the Gators jerseys, you might or you I remember. Yeah. might remember the old Gators jerseys as our old training jerseys. Yeah. Because that's exactly what they were. Yeah, they, they were white, so, and they had purple and gold. Yeah, and there's Ewan and myself sitting there looking at ourselves with these big shoulders. <laughs> we just have to strike muscle man poses at that moment as well. You, know, <laughs> you have to. Impromptu, just bam, had to push it out there. It's like, yep. This, so is, this is awesome. This is awesome fun. <laughs> That's so great. So, and then as it turns out, again, you know, someone else from my primary school, high school group of friends also rocked up. Right. So here's three of us from the same primary school all playing on this one team. No way. Here's me actually playing linebacker at the time. Can you imagine me as a linebacker? I just had to take a sec to think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering what the rest of the team looks like if you're in linebacker. <laughs> well, this is a seven-man formation. Yep. So we got. A th- we, I want to say we had a three-man line. Can't remember okay. if it was a three-man or if it was an offensive line minus one-man line. Can't oh, wow. remember the rules exactly. So bring in the heat, yep. Yep. So we got a three-man line, and we got Dylan, myself, in two linebacker positions uh, Dylan on uh, Sam, myself on uh, Will. Not wow. that we ever really changed sides. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds more complicated than it needed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just, you know, well, we were just going to whichever ever side uh, we called and we never, they never seemed to change their formation balance at all. So it's like, okay. Up to you, Dylan's to got, yeah. you know, right, so, you know, he's the left side backer covering the right-hand side, which is, as we know, the running traditionally the running side of the line oh yes not that it really matters in seven man football no no and there's me on the other side (laughs) and i distinctly remember over that entire season we never once called a blitz oh really never once called a linebacker blitz what that was because dylan and myself were just too damn good at meeting their running back in the bloody gap you could just pick it you could just yeah. See it coming. Well, look, we're, we're watching a, two gaps each. <laughs> so it wasn't exactly hard. You know, not much misdirection you can do when you've only got three men up front. So so not a lot to hide behind, right? But, yeah. I mean, yeah. still, I mean, that's yeah. probably showing a bit of ability over, you know, it, it sounds like not every team has linebackers who can do this, you know. So the problem was we, we weren't a really good team against the pass. Aha. Uh-huh. Did you also have so linebackers whilst, in your secondary? <laughs> so whilst uh, nothing moved from the box back, every time it got out onto the flanks, it's like, oh, look, there's the receivers. Oh, look, there's a touchdown. <laughs> Until the very last game of the season. All right. The one game that I was not there for. The one game I had to go, I was 
I say had to go overseas. I was on a family holiday, going overseas at the time. So I was out of the country for the grand final. Oh, no way. And we won. (laughs) Oh, what bad luck. Uh, That was my junior season. Wow. And I was hooked at that point. But then the very next season, Jaron and Shane have called me. It's like, come play football. Hell yeah, I'm in. Yeah, that's all it takes, right? They're just like, come on. And you're like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Pretty much. That, that's that all was it. all. Like, you want to play football in seniors? Yes. Yes, I do. Wow, so the, the size change of moving from just other boys to uh, to full-on men. Uh, yeah. Not, not too intimidating? Where, where I've gone from being solid competitive height, well, still <laughs> five, seven on a good day. That's pretty generous, yeah. yeah. But, you know, when you look at the rest of the, you know, the under-18s at the time, it's like, okay, there's like maybe two or three players across both teams that are over six foot. Yeah, right. So it's just it's the nature like, of them being young, right? You know, everyone's young. You know, no one, even though we did uh, draft one of my mates, uh, Michael, who was a bodybuilder, uh, into playing with this, there wasn't many people who were, who you'd call solid at, in juniors. Huh. like me. And you go to seniors. Oh my. Going from being a moderately sized fish in the small pond to, yep, you're, you're a rookie and you're tiny compared to everyone else. And we're going to put you across from a 25-year-old, you know, brookie who, you know, has been playing four years, and you're going to have to just push him out of the way, Timmy. Just push him out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, welcome I, to I the ACTGL. <laughs> yeah, but it was going well until, I, as I said, that plantar fascia tear and, um, you know, then being out for a couple of weeks in the lead-up right up to games. So that's how I got promoted to D-line at that point. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because I I wasn't able to I couldn't get foot movement down because of the injury for um, doing offensive line. I, I do have one distinct memory from a game. It's a concussed memory because oh. I'm certain I copped a concussion during it. Play number one. Suddenly, you know, we're second and four or something ridiculously short like that. Yeah, yeah we're playing Tuggeranong after Queenbian had folded. I'm pretty sure. Right. And so a whole load of the Queanbeyan players, including one Cody Field, had uh, gone over to the to Tuggeranong. At least I think this is what it was, because as I said, I, I, I'm pretty sure I copped a concussion at this point. Mm, yep. I power through the line. I managed to get clear through the A-gap. How did I get through the A-gap? What the hell, yeah. I don't care. I'm going for this person in front of me who looks like he's got the ball, this person being Cody. The next thing I know, I'm on my back seeing stars Yeah. roll over and see a running back 30 metres away walking in a freaking end around or something like that. Yeah, shit. All right. Going, oh, <laughs> my God. That, <laughs> that hurt. Yeah. They are picked up by you know, one of our other guys. Yeah, they're going for two. They're going for two. I'm like, um, I, what? I think I got concussed. <laughs> just get down and just take the legs. Get rolled straight over on a fullback dive on the next play. Oh, Timmy, wow. <laughs> so that is one memory from uh, my rookie season that was horribly, horribly implanted into my head. Yeah, right. Always in one. Wow. 
No, mate, the Astros then, they sort of, um, a, a lot of guys after that gut-wrenching uh, loss in that, that overtime grand final, don't don't turn back up for the next year. You find me and I turn up and, and the team's obviously in a bit of a transition phase, a new coach, a new, a new lot of things. Um, and the, the years that I played were never terribly successful, but, I mean, I almost didn't care. I just had the time of my life playing. Uh, but it would have been different for the guys like yourself and TC who were part of the very successful period. What, what was that like then for the next four or five years with the Astros until, they, until we eventually folded? Frustrating was part of it, you know, because the thing was, for a lot of those games we were playing, we were not the worst team on the field. It's just we could never hold on for a full game. Yeah, I agree. That was so frustrating. You know, when we're trying to get, we're trying to recruit, we're trying to get enough bodies to be able to keep keep players on the field long enough to be able to go through and do it all. You know, we came so close on so many occasions. But the thing was, and the thing still is, the team. That was every year. That yeah. team that came back was, we can play. We've got some talented people. We managed to recruit some talented people, but we could never recruit enough to get over that hump of the amount of bodies you need to have a competitive team. Yeah, look, I completely agree because I can remember the same thing being in a lot of games where we had 16 maybe and you just had guys who were just dead on their feet by the fourth quarter in games that we were competitive in, but we just couldn't hang on. Yeah. And we'd lose games 12-7 because, you know, we had a 7-6 lead and just couldn't hang on. Or Man, I can remember some of those. There was an evening game where we played under lights for the first time in our new jerseys. That year that Jenner and Shane had organised those new jerseys. We pulled them out on this night game. We never played at night, but all of a sudden the lights were on. We lost that game 6-0. That doesn't seem fair. We only let him one yeah. score, but you know we'd held them all day, and they scored in the fourth. Like it was just gut wrenching, just how hard, yeah. uh, how much effort you put in, and and we just we just wear out because we didn't have them. We just didn't have enough troops. The lesson learned from those years is it has actually played out in the league over the last last two years. So last year the ACCG league uh, was. You know, having a struggle with only having two teams yeah. uh, play, and then have the same thing occur this year, uh, mainly due to the COVID restrictions. Somewhat, um, yeah. But but um, you know, now I'm you know I'm still involved with the league. I'm currently involved with the Firebirds, and the decision was made uh, for this season was around the fact that that we were only able to recruit. Uh, a team to about 19, 20 players. Oh, yeah. You know, due to the fact that there were so many players that were, you know, well, the campus was closed, so they weren't able to recruit from the campus. Yeah. The, um, you know, the, so many people who were, you know, they're independent contractors and whatnot. And so they're with, the, with um, all, everyone's earning capacity during COVID being right down. There are a lot of them who were sitting there not wanting to take the risk of being injured or getting sick with COVID from um, from playing. Uh, and uh, Aruvan, the coach, uh, he was also, you know, he he's, uh, was actually in a high-risk category. So he had actually excluded himself from this year from um, being involved in coaching due to, the, yeah. uh, due to his high-risk nature. And so, you know, the experiences of being part of those Astros teams going... 19 players on a game day 
because you know, you always know that you're gonna you're, you're only gonna have your maximum player count for round one. Much, <laughs> Everything right? after round one, you're gonna be down some players due to injuries or other commitments or whatnot, and so you're always gonna be bouncing a couple players down from your your absolute maximum. Yeah, and. It was those experiences, seeing what happened to the Astros in those years, uh, and you know all those other troubles that the the executive for the Firebirds had deemed that you know they put the offer out there to the players, going, "Here's what the situation is. Is there an, if there is enough interest, we will soldier on. If there is not, go you know." go play for any of the other teams that are still playing this year. And, you know, everyone acknowledged the fact that there just wasn't enough bodies and that we didn't want to put people in an unsafe position of, you know, or the unsafe and frustrating position of yeah. not having enough bodies to a game to field a legal team without having someone sitting on the bench padded up who's not going to play because they're too injured or too sick, things like that. Yeah, that was definitely a hallmark of our Astro days, of just yeah. having a guy sitting there or, you know, that, that we had the minimum of actual active players as well and you just have so many guys playing both ways, a few guys who'd never leave the field. <laughs> you know, it's just... Yeah. Mitch, yeah. Sharon. Yeah, you know. TC. Um, and it's just not sustainable. Yeah. Uh, that's frustrating. But, I mean, you get your value for money. You definitely got value for your registration fee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's better than being the 43rd guy on the Firebirds at that time who seemed to have the most limitlessly deep bench. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, I will say, uh, you know, playing for the Firebirds with a team uh, of over 35 players, oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did feel sorry for some of the, the younger, newer players who, you know, just you know, weren't that athletic and so wouldn't be likely to get on field outside of special teams or yeah. in the deep rotational positions for the line in position you know, when we're in a game scenario where it's like, uh, it's okay if we run a couple of, uh, you know, let them have a couple first downs here. Yeah, right, <laughs> in a 30-6 to six narrative in the fourth quarter or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're ha happy, oh, we like to, happy to sit there and, you know, throw out the second or third string for a while until it's like, okay, now we need to tighten this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's tough. I sort of thought the same thing about, God, how many teams in the league would I have gone on the field for? And maybe it's more than I think, but, but, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. Now, look, I wanted to shift a little bit to fantasy because we talk a bit of fantasy, um, you and I, occasionally. We've... we've seen a lot of talk in the league this year at levels I've never seen. I mean... You see a bunch in the, the main thread for just guys in the league to see, but you know there is more conversations happening between owners this year in the dark than ever before because we're seeing it in trades. We've seen a world record number of trades, and, and I mean, we've had two more since we published the last episode as well. So the league is active, and it's at, active at a level we've never seen before. You found yourself right at the center of all of that last week before week eight games, and you're party to three different trades in 10 hours. I've got to hear the story here because that is absurd. Okay, so it starts off. I'm, I'm quietly shopping players around the place to you know, various people who I think might be able to you know, 
show some interest in a few players here and there. Yep. I'm not going to say who I was shopping at the time. Ooh, but, okay. Uh, Keep them say, close. Keep the cards close. I was I was quietly shopping to a couple of players. Then I got a knock on the door from one Taylor. <laughs> this guy. This guy. He's always looking for a deal. Asking for Jonathan Taylor. And the initial the initial offer is a two for one. Uh, in, including, you know, with one of those two for one being Lavion Bell. Now, I will say that, you know, that initial trade, it, it had some good value, you know, speculative value, but it was some good value. And I'm umming and ahhing it for a little bit. Then he throws in a sweetener, and now the value is just too good to be true. Yeah. You know? So... My too-good-to-be-true value, it's, uh, okay, I just got to figure out who I'm dropping uh, because, you know, t- three for one, <laughs> I now have to drop two players. Yeah. But, you know, the sweetener, obviously, you know, when you see the trade being Lavion Bell, Kristen Kirk, and Chase Claypool, you know, I'm sitting there going, well, I've, I'm losing an, a running back, but I'm getting a running back. Yep. And I'm getting two wideouts, so I best be dropping a wideout. Yeah. Now I've also been carrying Gardner Minshew, and so I'm like, well, Gardner, it's been it's been great, the most great. I, I love watching you play, but unfortunately, your performance in the last couple of weeks is a bit lackluster, and I've got Deshaun Watson on my on my bench, so. Yeah, I had to Sean Watson. Yeah. yeah, you had to Sean. Yep. So you're like, right, yeah, don't so need Gardner. No worries. See you, mate. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, got to go. You know, it, it's, it's it's what i got to do. got to clear a space. So a three for one that I'm sitting there going, that that offer was just far too good to um, refuse. Well, okay, so just quickly then. So you've given away a starter, but you've picked up Bell, Kirk, and Claypool. How many of them in an average week become starters for your lineup? Um, all of them are on the on the edge of that starting bubble, essentially. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, that's I, why I, this is such a good deal for you, is that all of a sudden you might yeah. have turned one starter into three and, and where it would be a, a, probably a, a bit of a, a hit to your running back core. It's a noticeable improvement to two wide receivers. Well, yeah, yeah okay. No worries. No worries. Yeah. No worries. Now, I know that in the chat there was some people saying that I fleeced him. Um, yep. But I will I will defend Taylor with the uh, that was his offer. Yeah, I and look, he was so happy with it. He left happy. So you yeah. know, um, I always say <laughs> uh, you can only run your team, and if other people want to run the team, that's however they want to run it. That's fine, and if they want to run it badly, that's also fine. Um, I don't know that I would say Taylor was running it badly there, but certainly our trade commissioner. Uh, so that, that was the one of the three that he was like, whoa. But, but then, you know, that, this wasn't the end of the action. You know, there was more to come. Yeah, now fast forward to about, <laughs> fast forward to about yeah. ten, you know, maybe close to midday. Yeah, well, it hadn't even been that long before I got the next knock at the door. Oh, wow, that quick. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was maybe an hour. And then Brendan, Brendan comes knocking. Brendan is sitting there going, he wants Chris Carson. And he's dangling David Johnson and uh, Tua at me. Just straight up for Chris Carson? Those oh, two. no. Well, <laughs> there, there, there was a little back and forth around this one. Aha, uh-huh, okay. But in essence, uh, Chris Carson, uh, 
and Deshaun Watson because there's quarterbacks involved in this. So yeah, yeah. So we're like, okay, um, you know, do, doing a little bit of dancing and you know around other possibilities. To those who don't know, I had just picked up Carlos Hyde earlier on in the week um, as insurance for Chris Carson. Well, it was handcuffed for Chris Carson yeah. due to the fact that Carson was looking a bit iffy. So then when David Johnson, Chris Goodwin and Tua are put in front of you, sit there going, oh, well, I, I got to even this up a bit. Hey, do you want Carson and Hyde? And Watson. That way you're giving him the insurance as well, right? So it's like, okay, I kind of feel like maybe you're giving me too much. Look, Carson. Yeah, it was, it was the, well, I'm going to have to drop someone regardless of the trade like this. So it was just a little bit, you know, I I had to even it up a bit. And, you know, offering a handcuff pair is, (laughs) like, when trades come at you with handcuff pairs, you yep. need to give them a lot of consideration. So yep. I had to give it a lot of consideration giving it up because I, of the effort I'd gone to to get that handcuff in the first place. Yeah, yeah you're taking and, a waiver um, priority. Knowing, knowing the potential of what that handcuff can do for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So there we go. If there's so, there's trade so DJ and Godwin and Tua come in for yep. a hide and Carson is a handcuffed running back pair and yep. Deshaun Watson going out. Then yep. I notice i got a problem. Now, all of a sudden, yeah, you've given away your quarterback for Tua and you've given away two running backs to get a receiver who's inactive and a running back who's on bye. Yes. And then I have a look at my bench and realise I've got no one. I have no... <laughs> I am down one running back from my active roster and everyone is on a bye. Yeah, so how about that? <laughs> so so uh, what's your next move then? Because that's a heck of a realisation and there'd be a pit in your stomach just going, oh, bugger it. <laughs> yes, there was an oh, bugger it moment. Uh, so then I'm looking around the league going, okay, um, can I trade Tour to Mark? Because, you know, with the name of Tankin for Tour, uh, well, I don't think that's what his name is anymore. But, That'll do. I think he's know. tanking now because he's had a tough season, but carry on. <laughs> Tanking for Tua, I'm like, oh, can I dangle Tua at him? He's got Brady. Mm. Yeah, so he'll be okay. Well, that ain't going to (laughs) happen. You know, looking around at other options, you know, getting all over the place. And it's like, ah, there's no one, no one that looks like they've got a a reasonable trade for me uh, that would accept it. So I'm looking around, looking around. And then I come across a roster that's got, you know, a, a Packer in his running back spot. You know? <laughs> so, okay, this is always going to be good. Um, Here comes the Packer love, yeah. Yeah. But the main main target I spotted wasn't actually the Packer. It was James Connor. That oh, was yeah. my true target. Wow. So I knocked Matt on Maddie's door. <laughs> All right, so this is where Tim comes to talk to me, uh, yeah. which is, this will be fun. I want to hear this from yeah. your side. So I come talking to you, and I've just, you know, basically gone, look, after all the um, all the paying out we did of you for your failed draft of Duke Johnson, thinking it was David Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> this has come up in every episode, by the way. Every single damn episode of this show I've talked about, the Duke Johnson incident. <laughs> Yeah. Back to haunt me again. Thanks. Happy it's Halloween. Back to haunt you. But I was dangling David Johnson at you 
to go, hey, I've got David Johnson here. The real one. <laughs> we, can, we can write this wrong that you made right <laughs> at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Get you the player that you tried to draft. Oh, and I was gagging for him. And I just, I decide at the last moment, instead of just, instead of going for, you know, going, I'll trade you Johnson for, um, uh, for Connor. Yeah. I just sit there and go, I'm looking for a running back that will be able to play this week. Yeah. What do you want? Well, my response was pretty much, well, look, both are up for grabs. Because I didn't really mind which one I was going to send you, to be honest. And it just really depended on which one you wanted because one was obviously, you know, so Aaron Jones, he's he's been terrific this year, so he's he's probably going to come at a bit more of a premium than James Conner. But, you know, I think at this point I'm going to, you know, look at any reasonable offer because my team's got holes everywhere. You know, it's, I'm winning games and I don't really know why. So anything I can do to make myself feel like I've improved, my total team is better than having one premiumized position. So that's kind of where we ended up started talking about Aaron Jones, that I was pretty happy to let him go. And I knew that you would be more than willing to get a, you know, a hero from your own backfield of the team you love the most if we can just kind of work out how to make the value work. Yeah. Whilst Connor was my target, I just put in there just saying... Yeah, or Aaron Jones. Pretty much, yeah. Just, Did you just one of those two it? running backs. I don't really care which one. You know, trying to play it cool, but secretly going, shit. I hope he gives me Aaron Jones. Also, you were a bit surprised <laughs> when I came back. And I said, yeah, well, Jones is on the table. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting Jones to be on the table. You know, so. I did need to give over Chris Godwin for it, but you know, so... I was, I was sitting there going. You know, Chris Godwin, like, Chris Godwin is upside central at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he has had such a stop-start season. Yeah. I, but you know is, what he can do. You know what he can do. You know he's throwing you know in the ball. Who, you know who's throwing it to him, and you know how many other target, how many other home run hitter targets they've got on that, on in that wideouts. Yeah. Wideouts and tight ends and running backs. Like, they're loaded. The bucks yeah. are loaded. Shiny toys everywhere. But it's, uh, you know, it's a sort of a hit and miss sort of, you know, high upside, very low down, very big downside, I guess. Yeah, they can't all be fed on the but, same week. Yeah. That's the kind of... The, the, the well, kind of, right? it is Tom Brady. They all theoretically can be fed in the same week. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> you know, but it was, you know, it was a fair compensation. So Tracon Smith coming back at me for it just to, you know, balance it out. Balance it out, yep. So it was RBR for RB, WR for WR. So we were sort of, yep. it's a balanced trade in positions. And, and I felt that that balanced the value, even though now here I am trading for a guy I'm by and a guy who's inactive. So I know I've traded away things that I think could score me points this week for things that are going to score me a zero. So I'm yep. assuming a lot of risk. Yeah. But I felt good about it. I actually felt Aaron really Jones. good about it. Has to sit for the week due to that injury he picked up in training in, in, um, training two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, and now it's so Causing gutting. Causing me to lose, <laughs> lose this week anyway. Oh, it was so gutting. Because I traded for him only two weeks earlier. I got one game out of him, and then he was inactive the week before. So I was ready for him to come back. And then he, trading him to you, I felt sort of really sad because I was looking forward to seeing him in action. And then I was even sadder when I saw he didn't go because I thought, oh, man, you traded to avoid a zero. And you knew well, you had a guaranteed zero in Johnson. And I was happy to yeah. accept that risk. And I was trading you someone who I was 
pretty happy to give away knowing that he was going to be good. So to see him not be active was, I just thought that was really disappointing that that, that yeah, was how that uh, played it, out because it, it wasn't the intention. It was a risk. It was a risk. It was a calculated risk because, you know, uh, being a Packers fan, I have been keeping tabs on all my running backs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, including one who's now on COVID, <laughs> a second-round choice this season, uh, draft pick this season, on <sighs> COVID watch list. So, <laughs> I've got him in a lot of Dynasty Leagues too. I've just got him in so many places <laughs> in Dynasty. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, it was... Uh, it, I... It was one of those things, you know, I always recognised that there was going to be, you know, a risk of a zero versus a guarantee of a zero. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'll at least you will. risk <laughs> over a guarantee all the time. No, Timmy, it is it is late on a school night now, uh, but I've got to thank you so much for spending so much time with me because we're going to, we just get into these chats and, and this is what it's like whenever we see each other. It's just the football takes over and we can talk for hours. Well, you know, we, we can do another one at the pub like we were initially planning to. Oh, that was so the plan. That was you know? so the plan. Um, it's at least within walking distance <laughs> of my place. And mine. So. <laughs> um, but, mate, you'll, if you're happy to do so, I'd love to get you back on, either whether it's later this season or, or even if it's through the off-season and we can just talk some football because uh, I plan to keep the, the shows coming no matter what. Sounds good to me. Haskins has just been an absolute... You could be understood for being you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I would have robbed Jeremy's size boner going for in there. <laughs> Your in-depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wentz is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor Nailed, I've got to say. Yeah, look, he was such a storyteller and conversationalist. We had such a great time. Tim Tim and I, we might have talked for two hours. It was late on a school night by the time we hit stop on that session. Uh, he's going to be a great guest to get back on through the off-season too because he's got some great in-depth knowledge about the NFL. He tells some great stories of days gone by and obviously of the Football League. And we even got a chance to talk a little bit of fantasy there. So we'll get him back on in the future weeks and it'll be great because he's, he's just got so many stories to tell and he was such a willing participant. In the meantime, we are going to be back on Thursday because we'll have the regular recap and preview show with a whole bunch of stats, standings, and outcomes. And then we're going to mix it up a little bit and try and get the Taylor talk into the Thursday episode. We think it's more important there because it'll be closer to the time the waivers have run. And and then we'll get the sheriff to come in on the Saturday episode when it's a bit more about, well, who have you got and what decisions are you making about your roster? So we think that might be a better way for these two segments to sit and we're going to give it a go this week. And then, of course, there'll be a nice conversation that starts on the Saturday show that finishes on the Monday show. So three shows every week, Thursday, Saturday, Monday. So I'll look forward to seeing you all on Thursday's show. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram at Astro League Podcast. See you Thursday, guys. Au revoir. Play, Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C.